This is Jets at Noon with Cameron Poitras and Jim Toth on 680 CJOB. Uh, yeah, I think anytime it, you get this far into the season and you can be at the top of the division or the conference, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's meaningful because the guys, you know, you, you know what we've been through with the travel and, and the injuries and the sickness and everything. And for us to be sitting there, at, and listen, there's a lot of hard work ahead of us and there's a long road to go. We know that. But it's a credit to their resilience that we're sitting here where we are today. Uh, so give the players a lot of credit. Rick Bonus there uh, on on 680 CJOB uh, following uh, the game last night, the Winnipeg Jets uh, edging out the Arizona Coyotes 2-1. Uh, and with that win uh, and the question that he was asked there about the importance of being number one in the West, the Winnipeg Jets are the number one team in the West in terms of points. Uh, they have 59 uh, the Vegas Golden Knights are second. They have 58, and the Dallas Stars have 57, Jim Toth. And uh, the Vegas Golden Knights in Dallas uh, getting going today. Uh, Martin Luther King Jr. Uh, down in the States. Uh, the game gets going at 5 o'clock here. So uh, that might be one. If if you're uh, one of those Winnipeg Jets fans, and I know there's lots of you out there that have the package and can watch all the out-of-town games and stuff, that might be one to to, to, to check out the Vegas Golden Knights uh, taking on Dallas. As long as, long as it's not a three-point night, I'm happy there, Jim Toth. There was a guy I, I think I went to school with, junior high or high school. His name was Ricky Bobby. And he once yeah. said, if you're not first, you're last <laughs> to me. And I don't know what Ricky Bobby went on to do in life or where he is now. I never heard of this guy. That's always stood out to me. If you're not first, you're last. Can't have two number ones. That would be 11. All that kind of stuff plays into this. And yeah. look, I, I mean, this caught me off guard. I've been watching the division so closely mm-hmm. that Cole Perfetti on last night's postgame show with Derek Taylor and myself and Darren Bombing. Uh, joined us in the post game with Paul Edmonds and Jamie Thomas, and and he said, you know, you take over first in the division, division, and he said, and I I'm not sure, guys, but I also think this is first in the Western Conference, and that blew my mind. I I don't know why wasn't I watching the conference? Like I didn't know the Jets were that close to this. I knew they were in and around it. I, I look at the league standings overall. No, they've they've gone from seventh well, to they, fifth. They, overall, they've gone. They've won eight of their last nine. Yeah, games, that's Jim what Tom. I mean. Going yeah. to last night seven of eight. I'm like I should have watched the Western Conference, but I watched the league standings overall where they're in the top ten, and yeah. I've been watching this division. And it's Cole Perfetti who kind of let us behind the curtain that, like Rick Bonus said at one point this year too, we kind of do look at the standings. Like, it's important. But he's the one on the post game that said uh, in the division, and yeah. I also believe, uh, he was so polite, I also believe, guys, this puts us in first in the conference. <laughs> I'm not sure about that. Like, such a polite guy. You know, it's, but. it's so interesting, Jim, because over past, um, uh, uh, past regimes, past coaches with the Winnipeg Jets, and I, I think this is something that you hear across the league too, you hear a lot of times, oh, we don't look at the standings. Don't worry, we we don't we don't look at that. I'm not even paying attention to the standings. There's still, you know, how many 40 games left to be played or how many games left to be played, 30-plus games left to be played. With Rick Bonus and as the head coach of his team, the players talk about this sort of thing. So it, it, is this something you think maybe that 
Coaches will say, we don't, when you're speaking to the media, you don't talk about the standings, don't talk about the place, you just get in, you get out. Where it's sort of like Rick Bonus is, is a person that focuses on this sort of thing because he sees it as something that the players are rewarding. Hey, listen, we're number one. Take that to heart. Understand that that's where we've gone through all the trials and tribulations. You just heard Rick Bonus talk about it there. And he says, this is something you guys should be proud of, not something that it's like, don't worry about that. We get into the playoffs and then we worry about this sort of thing. I get it. Like, I, yeah. I, I'm looking at the standings and if I'm Edmonton, Cal, Minnesota like Michael Shea somebody that's like you yeah. don't talk about the standings and there's no right or wrong I'm just saying it's different it's it's different to everybody else and and I can fully understand if you look at the standings if you're Calgary Edmonton Minnesota and you look at the standings daily and you lose tight games or you win one yeah that's added pressure that you don't need right now because the best thing you can do and the only thing you can control is the game ahead of you so I understand that philosophy yeah. and I know Michael Shea's been using it even though they've been in first place for a long time with yeah. the Bombers but I really like what Rick Bonus has done with this. That Look, I could tell you the players in my time in that room who look at the standings. Brian Little was not one of them. Mm-hmm. Brian Little also didn't enjoy watching hockey away from the rink. Loved the game, loved playing it. But just, you know, I do other things. And I'm, I'm not focused on that. I focus on my next game. Mark Shifley probably looks at them before practice, after practice, that night going into mm-hmm. the action when they're not playing and right after the, the action is done, he's done watching highlights. Everybody's different. But I like what Rick Bonus has done with this uh, from day one is he's sort of been like, we got to get, this is what we got to do. But like, how long has he been saying we're being hunted? Yeah. And, and you have to take pride in that. So mm-hmm. it's different philosophy. Like I said, if I'm the Oilers, Calgary, Minnesota chasing this playoff spot, I encourage my players to not look at that, to remain focused on your game and everything else. Mm-hmm. But if you're near or top the standings, if you're Dallas, if you're the Jets, if you're Vegas, I, I think your coach should sort of sit down and go, look, this is what you achieved. Don't let this slip away. Like put it as a goal as opposed to a, a sad reminder that you got work to do. Yeah, this is the this is a conversation I want to have. We're going to have it after twelve thirty, so make sure you're tuned in for that after the twelve thirty news with Sarah McCarthy here. I want I want to ask you this question, Jim, and and I want to ask the audience as well. Two zero four seven eight zero sixty eight sixty eight. Please chime in on this. Are the Jets a contender? Are they an actual contender? And you give your thoughts. Hey, if you think maybe they need a couple more players, they need to do this, they need to do that to, to be able to prove that. I got my answer. I'll give it to you after twelve thirty here coming up here. But I want to look back at the game, and we'll talk about the one against Arizona yesterday, but let's let's talk about the one in Pittsburgh on Friday night. That game was served, the Jets should have been served up on a silver platter for the Pittsburgh Penguins. They were at home. I know that they had to go to Montreal for the funeral and stuff like that, and but but they were waiting for the Winnipeg Jets to come into town. Back to back, um, that should have been a game, and I don't I mean, how much talk has there been about how bad the Jets have struggled since their relocation from Atlanta? They're in Pittsburgh. It's been a real tough barn for them to play. That should have been a game where the Penguins should have won that game and got two points against the Winnipeg Jets. I even said on Friday, I said, I'm happy if they pull an overtime point out of this one for Winnipeg. Because yeah. I know the illness, dealing with the illnesses, I knew this was going to be a real, real, real tough one for them. What were your thoughts on that game? Because I'm not sure if... The Pittsburgh Penguins played their best game during that. During that, I, 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 I'm not. I'm sure that that factored it into how dominant the Winnipeg Jets were in that game. But um, that was a real, real impressive win. So we talked about this on Friday, as you said, and and like I said, I, I, I think they have to battle, and they're in tough, and I don't, I don't know that they're going to pull anything out of Pittsburgh. But I did say it is possible. But a lot of things have to go right for this mm-hmm. team. Well, here's what went right. 
Uh, Connor Hellbuck, when tested, which wasn't often, was there. The top six took care of the offense, which coming off back-to-backs, I, I don't think you can rely on some mm. surprise depth scoring. I think yeah. your best players have to be your best players and productive. They don't just have to have good games. They have to produce, which is what happened. Here's what stood out to me about the Penguins game. and I You mean, I, you mean Riddick, right? You said uh, Connor did, Hellebuck. Oh, right, Riddick. Yeah, yeah, Sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So you need your backup. Sorry, I, I apologize to, yeah. to come up with some saves. Um, but but here's the thing that stood out to me, and I, I think Rick Bonus mentioned that, and I agree. If that's not their best game of the season, it's tied for their best mm-hmm. game. And I, I thought back to the when they shut out Colorado, and I also th- thought back to when really early in the season, I liked the way they played against the Rangers, but they had to come back in that one to open the season. Mm-hmm. I liked that. I think it was the fourth game for the St. Louis Blues. They were 3-0 and and came into town, and the Jets shut them out 4-0. Oh, yeah, that was a dominant performance. So I, I liked I, – yeah. so if that Penguins pick. game wasn't um, their best, it was tied with the ones that I just mentioned. But I think it was their best performance, which is really bizarre because arguably their best player wasn't in the lineup in Connor Hellebuck. But here's the thing that stood out to me. Of all the things Rick Bonus has mentioned since training camp, scoring from the D, better defensive play, all this, he he slipped in, and I don't think it's getting enough um, notoriety. We need to limit other teams to 22, 24 shots a game, mm-hmm. no more than 25. And I've been watching that. I've been watching that when they've you know gone into third periods and they've given up 18, and all of a sudden the third period, they still win the game, but there's 29 shots on the board, and they've given up 12 mm-hmm. in a third period or something like that. They limited the Pittsburgh Penguins, who had been resting for two days on back-to-back nights to 23 shots on net. And of those 23 shots, I think Riddich had to make two dynamic saves, if Mm -hmm. dynamic is even the right word. They did such a good job of forcing the Penguins to the outside and not giving up the middle like they had the previous nights against Buffalo and Detroit. Um, that really stood out to me, Cam. Like this buy-in that Rick Bonus is getting out of this team to not only limit high danger chances, offense, all that kind of stuff from the opposing team, but to limit the amount of shots in total. Because I think Paul Maurice had a philosophy of don't, and this is bizarre because they gave up a ton of high danger chances, but to limit things to the outside. His penalty kill was like that. Is mm-hmm. Guys are going to get shots. We're an offensive transition team. Mm-hmm. We're, we score off transition. So I'm just going to give up some shots as long as they're from the outside. Rick Bonus has kind of taken this on as any shot's a bad shot. we got to limit the can. Yeah. The most impressive part of that win, which there were so many things on Friday to me, was the only allowing the Penguins, the Malkins, the Crosbys, the Gensels, 23 shots on that. Mm-hmm. In a back-to-back scenario with your backup goalie in. Yeah. Like, they could have been gassed. That wasn't an easy win in Buffalo. No. Buffalo took most of the play to them. Rick Bonus even said they played better on Tuesday and lost than they Hellebuck did in the had win. had to make 39 stops Hellebuck in that saw game. saw 39 saves. To do this on a back-to-back and limit the Pittsburgh Penguins to that many shots was very impressive to me. Yeah, yeah. And you know what? It was, it was a game where they – I felt when I was watching it that there was very rare moments where I felt like the Winnipeg Jets were not in control of that game. And we're, yeah. we're not we're not setting the pace and setting the standard. And it was they, they forced the Penguins to react to them. It wasn't the other way around. Now, having said that, leading into the, I don't think the Penguins played the best game there as well. Um, but uh, how much is that has to do with how well the Winnipeg Jets played? I mean, you're going out there, you're playing against an NHL opponent, um, and, and that's, that's how point, things work Ken. out. Yeah, like like I we often do this when the Jets like play a team and don't get much or don't get to the net much. And you give the other team credit. 
I think what the Jets did on Friday was, or what the Penguins couldn't do, was a lot of what the Jets were doing to them. Mm-hmm. I do believe that. I don't think Sidney Crosby had a terrible game. No. He wasn't, you know, flying, but I wonder if, but he, had, he played well. Yeah. He was dangerous. He created some stuff. He digged some pucks out of the corner in the offensive end. They, like they were he so does. ready to blame Dustin Tokarski for that loss, even even heading into it. Oh, if the, if the Penguins don't lose, don't win this game, it's because of Dustin Tokarski. And I didn't think I, I thought he was, he was totally fine. I mean, those two disallowed goals, I actually thought they were both. Um, oh God! Do we want to get into we, that? We only have a week worth of show. Week uh, worth of shows. I don't know if we can get into gold. It's. I, I think it was like I burned it out of my mind already. It was on. It was on Friday night, so I'd forgot about it. And then I just reminded myself about those two disagreements. And Shifley was offside. I mean, that one's yeah. Pretty he was clear. offside. NHL standard wise, that's not goaltender interference. How it should be called, and the way it should be called, is the international rule. Uh-oh. If you're in the crease, uh, not pushed in. I, so they called it like I saw at the World Juniors. Yeah, and I and I thought that you know NHL wise, I'm like that's not maybe the, interference. Maybe the National Hockey League gym decided that they were going to all of a sudden start doing IHF rules. Not the National Hockey League. Anyways, they wouldn't change their mind on how to call games. In it's the middle not of the a season. complete cluster beep going on in there um, for whoever's in the video room. Anyways, I, I I'm like I'm so like um, you think guys like you and I sit there and look at a goal and go, what do you want to do? <laughs> And then I, you you say, so well, cold we've, we've given out like, two goals the past month. And then you're like, yeah, I don't think that's interference, but we got to pull this out. I, I just look at it and I go, when you, when when they when they call, I just go, well, I don't know. Like, I'm not even, I don't even have like an emotional you response got a You want to flip for it? Yeah, Do we well. have time? <laughs> Pittsburgh's waiting. Ah, we'll flip for it. They were real quick on them both. Eh? I like that. <laughs> it was only like 15, 20 seconds. Let's take a break. We'll come back. 204-780-6868. 204-780-6868. I see we got a bunch of text messages on this are the Winnipeg Jets contenders. They head back out on the road, Montreal on Tuesday, pregame at four o'clock, puck drop at six, uh, taking on the Habs. We'll be right back. More Jets at noon after this. Jets at noon on 680 CJOB. Here's a little tidbit of information there, Jim Toth. This will this will impress you. You'll like this. Let's have it. Nick Ehlers, and I got this on the hockeynews.com uh today. Nick Ehlers led all NHL points getters this past week, not counting the game uh against the Coyotes uh, yesterday where he registered a point, but picked up five assists, eight points in four games. Uh, and seven of those points came at even strength. So that was Nick Ehlers' uh, week last week. Hockey News named him a star of the week, right? Yeah, second, I know that's something the NHL three stars. Second but. star of the week, yeah. Averaging 15, uh, uh, almost 16 minutes of ice time per game. And over his eight games so far this season, Jim Toth, three goals, nine assists, 12 points. Unbelievable. I I think even though he's not on that line, him being back helps Perfetti, Wheeler, and Shifley. I just think it just – now it's just two dynamic lines that – and no disrespect, but when you're rolling out Coolman or somebody else on that wing, it just let's make sure this line doesn't hurt us. And then if that line, but right now it's like pick your poison. Absolutely. When the Winnipeg Jets have one of the top best top sixes, in my estimation, that's one of the things that we're going to talk about. I got a question for you when we come back. You got a question for me? I, I got, got a question, question for you. And we'll talk about that. Are the Winnipeg Jets contenders? They got a they got a real good top six. Jets at noon on six eight CJOB. Thank you very much, Sarah McCarthy. How was your weekend, Sarah? Hi, Sarah. Hello, it was good. Yeah. <laughs> what did you get up to? You get Came after crazy? a little bit. See any good movies? Beer no. run, beer oh sales. Gosh. Oh my gosh! No beer, not my. You ever shotgun a not beer, my... Sarah? <laughs> 
Because if you uh, did, this is the weekend to do it. They're dirt cheap in this province. Not yeah. this weekend, but I have. Oh! <laughs> oh my gosh! Whoa! Now Sarah we got a shutdown Sarah are, night at Skadge Pizza every Monday. Your parents aren't <gasps> listening, are they, Sarah? That I'm would be. A, I'm of age. <laughs> are you? Are you? Are you 18? <laughs> 19 in Ontario. So there you go. Oh, 19 in Ontario. So yeah, you had to wait till you were 15 then. Yeah, that's when they. It's when you look old. It's all about looking old enough. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was good though. Got outside a bit this weekend. Oh, that's so. good. Oh, that's yeah. nice. Enjoy Enjoy the walks. weather. Yeah. Some walks. Some walks. How yeah. about you two? I uh, know. Yeah, I went and saw <laughs> the whale with oh, Brendan yeah. Fraser. How is that? I don't. I don't know if Jeff Braun's listening, and he's going to oh, see no. it tomorrow. I don't want to say anything. And I'm also mm. yeah, but mm-hmm. it was certainly a movie. Speaking go. of shotgun and beers, Jeff Braun before movies. <laughs> I bet you. I bet you anything. <laughs> that really helps the couch potatoes in their analysis and all that sort of thing. <laughs> Anyways, thanks a lot, Terry. Take care. That's what I'll have something better for you tomorrow. Than thanks, just, Sarah. How are you doing? Glad you I got know outside. You, I know she really loves this segment. She loves she coming adores on the program. It, yeah. so. Even some of the listeners when they text, she's not interested in talking to you guys. Yes, yeah, she is. She loves it. Oh. What are they? Yeah. Thanks. We always appreciate text messages, but 204-780-6868-204-6868. Are the Winnipeg Jets contenders? We tease that in the last segment here. I'm going to get through before I give you my thoughts here. And Jim Toth asked me this this daunting question he's going to throw at me. I want to get some of your guys' thoughts on here. Uh, 204-780-6868. We'll go through a bunch of them, and then I'll, I'll give you my thoughts here. Yes, this texter says, but they need to add one or two pieces. This one. Hey, Jim and Cam, I remember being disappointed that the Jets management didn't blow it all up. Now we're here first in the conference. Do you think if they get in the playoffs, they'll make some noise? In my opinion, the Jets should land Jonathan Taves as a third-line center and have Lowry on the fourth. Now that's a deep uh, center depth. Uh, I, I think they can potentially make noise in the playoffs. I mean... There's a long way to go here, but yeah, I think they have all the pieces, and we'll get to that in a second. Uh, This one from Neil. Yes, they are contenders. If they make a good move, do so. Uh, This texter says, I'm quite positive the Jets will be buyers at the deadline. Who do you think the Jets will go after? I know it's a bit early to be having this discussion, but I believe the Jets will be buying. Thanks. and this from Alan here, guys, when the Jets crush a couple great teams, Rangers, Devils, Leafs, I'll believe they are contenders. Till then, they're just a good team, not a great team. That one from Alan. Have they played the Devils yet? Um, I don't know if they have. I don't think they have, no. They beat the Rangers. They beat so the Rangers. There you go, 4-1, I believe. They lost the to the Leafs, and, but we'll see them later on this week. We'll see them on Thursday. They lost to the Leafs on those two power play goals, and we'll find out on Thursday. Um, they don't play the Devils until February after the after the break. So yeah, so uh, look, I, I think the Jets are a better team than the Devils. I'll say that. This is where I'm going to go with your question. I've been saying this for a couple of weeks now. They're a top ten team in the National Hockey League. It's time to start considering and and mm-hmm. G, GMing that way that you're going to look for things. I don't know about Jonathan Taves. I know Elliot Friedman said about a week or two ago, maybe two weeks ago, that there would be interest in both sides. But he also thinks that there's interest from Colorado and and some other teams mm-hmm. that, you know, Jonathan Taves. So I, I don't know if I, – I think they would listen to that, but I don't know. If, like, and this is the thing that's going to be lost in this. So say the Jets are interested and go, I would like to give you a third-round pick and maybe – I'm just throwing names out there, yeah. Jansen Harkins or somebody. And then Colorado comes along and says, I'll give you a first-round pick. Do you want the Jets to give up a first-round pick for Jonathan Taves? I do not. I do not either. So it, it, it really, there'll be interest, and I think there would be interest from the Jets, but the price is always going to, 
dictate that. Here's the thing about first round picks and why they're so valuable to this team. It's all about the center position heading into this offseason and in, and in goaltending. I, I, I think that there's a higher probability of the Winnipeg Jets keeping Connor Hellebach over any of the big three names that are going to be heading into their final years next year and become UFAs. You have PLD and you have Mark Shifley. If you can't sign one of those guys in the offseason, that first round pick is so much more valuable to this to this club next season and they have to keep that first round pick i i just think it's imperative if you can keep pierre-luc dubois or you can keep mark scheifler whatever is going to happen here then that first round pick i think becomes a lot more expendable but if you lose both of them and you that's going to leave a huge hole down the center i i I just i think that first round pick is just too important if you're talking first round pick with chicago it's not for taves it's for kane i would do a first round pick for patrick kane Mm. i would and I would get Patrick Kane here, and your right side becomes Patrick Kane, Blake Wheeler, Nick Ehlers. Not in that order. I would go Kane, Ehlers, Wheeler. Yeah. And that's your right side. And I would send a first-round pick and a prospect and maybe a third-round pick. That's mm. the price I would pay for Patrick Kane. Now, the problem with that is is that's going to be highly sought after by Boston. He's going to be the by, number one guy. Yeah, he's the number one guy, and somebody will give them two first-round picks. Somebody will go, here's my first-round pick this year, and here's my first-round pick in 2024, mm-hmm. or or two second-round picks and, and stuff. So it's all about cost. So I think when it comes to Taves, there's interest. Um, but this was my question. Are we? Done? I think I, I've been on this. They're a contender for three weeks now. Yeah, 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 yeah. And they got a. They've got. I'll explain why I think they're contender. That. But you asked me your question first. Well, here's my question my opinion, to you, and I brought it up on the post game show last night because okay. Rick Bonus brought up um, not only how great of a season Dubois is having offensively, mm-hmm. but what's not being talked enough is how good he is defensively. Yes. Um, we've talked, and it doesn't take. Um, any radio show host to point out how good defensively Mark Shifley has become this year. Mm-hmm. So I ask you, are they not the top five in the league? One, two center punch. Top five, top five in the league. So I did some work on this. I, not, I, 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 without it, I don't. Yes. Number one is obviously McDavid dry sidle. Yes. No team has a one, two punch like that. No Colorado could with Landeskog, but he's now even rumored not to be back by February. He might be out the year. Mm-hmm. So they have Kerfoot as their second line center. So Colorado is not in the top five anymore. Edmonton, New Jersey, um, Pittsburgh, Toronto, and Tampa Bay came up. New Jersey's too young. I wouldn't Jersey, be ready to consider them. New Jersey above has Heisher Hughes. I think skill wise, perhaps pretty but dang close. I you we talk about that next year. I would probably agree with you, but I just think that it's just not proven. So itself Pittsburgh, much Crosby, right. Malkin, or Crosby, Malkin. Yeah, I still say that for sure. Toronto's Matthews, Tavares. Yeah, that's up there for sure. Exactly, and Tampa Bay has Point and Stamkos, but I will argue Braden Point is not the same player since that hip injury. But I, still I, dynamic and still a yeah, top five to six. I, I was not duo. impressed with Braden Point when he was here in town uh, with Tampa recently. I, I thought he was not, dog. I thought he was dogging it some place. He yeah, wasn't fact that's checking. What I, mean. There's I wasn't impressed on. with him. Um, so that I, leaves, well, yeah, absolutely. That Jim. leaves Shifley Dubois, who have a combined forty six goals at this point of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, Dubois is a point per game player as he has 49 points in 44 games. And Mark Shifley leads the team with 26 goals and 39 points in 44 games. I think that when you're talking contenders, it starts and ends down the middle. And they right now, 
have a one-two center punch that is top five in the National Hockey League? Here's my short answer, Jim, about if the Winnipeg Jets are contenders. And then my, you throw in Lowry as a third-line center, and there's and not a lot of teams that can compete with he that. He is the f- best third-line center in the league, as far as my estimations. And maybe not the best, but he's certainly in the top three, top five. My short answer if the Winnipeg Jets are contenders is yes. My long answer is absolutely. Do you see? Because it's a longer word. Yes. Okay. So I'm you saying there's a chance. <laughs> okay. That didn't land. That was a that was a disaster. Um here okay, the Jets have <laughs> it just was that hit the ground so hard. Oh, it's Monday. <laughs> Three it wasn't even that funny. Like let's just be honest, that's not even that funny. Short that's answer, what yes. Makes it funny. Long answer, absolutely. It's not even that funny. Um like I've I've written some better stuff than that. Okay, I'll bring I'll bring my A game tomorrow. I'll bring some better stuff. Um Jeez, Louise. Uh, three 20 goal scorers already. Okay. Shifley, KC, and PLD, right? Only the Leafs and the Oilers can boast that. The, the Oilers have three guys that are over 30, 20 goals so far Hyman, Drysidle, RNH, and, and, uh, and, and Zach Hyman. After that, they completely crater. Isn't this team like second or third in the league in scoring? Uh, the the Jets? Yes. No, they're ninth in ninth. the league in, in scoring. Okay. Tenth in average goals for, ninth in scoring by forwards. Okay. Okay. They have one of the best top sixes in the league, which goes on right back what you're saying. I mean, you add Wheeler, Perfet, Ehlers, Perfetti, KC to that list on the wings. Uh, you have a shutdown third line headed up by Adam Lowry. Um, you have the second, you, you're, you have a defense that's second in league scoring with 25 goals and 113 points. Only one above them right now is the San Jose Sharks. Here's why they're so great. They're plus 33 in goal differential. There you go. And they are keeping and they keep the puck out. They're second in average goals against per game with 2.59. Only, only Boston's ahead of them on that. Special teams, and this is a big one, 83.9%, third in the league, best PK. Power play, an extremely serviceable Jim Toth. 10th at 24.2% that I think with Ehlers back and Wheeler and Perfetti and these guys healthy is only going to climb. I don't think it's going to hit the top five, but I think it's going to completely decline. And to finish this all off, Jim Toth, you have goaltending, Connor Hellebuck, second in the league in save percentage, second in the league in goals against average, and second in the league in wins. The Jets have a top one-third overall offense and power play. They have a top three penalty kill, goals against average, and defensive point output. And they're a top two in goaltending, only behind Lonnie Salmark and the Boston Bruins. Add all that up to a, a team that has depth and players in their depth pool that have already been tested and already have been proven. So when you add depth to that mix, you have a proven contender without a doubt in my mind. I agree. And and so um, this is what, like last year I was dead wrong, but I, I thought this team was a top 10 team in the National Hockey League. And I still believe that. And a lot of people were saying, how do you, how do you say that? And I'm like, there's talent here. Mm. It's all about a mix and what's going on. Full credit to Rick Bonus and, and getting everybody on the same page. But this, again, it's a top 10 team in the National Hockey League on paper. The difference this year is obviously what we've been discussing for two months now. But the difference is they're playing like they can. Th- mm-hmm. This is the difference. There was We could pick apart their game nightly last year. Um, so they're a contender. And, and so then comes the question, what do you do? And the reason I think the insiders like Elliot Friedman, uh, Jeff Merrick, Darren Drager, all the numbers, Frank, or all the guys, Frank Cervelli, are saying that they're like I hear that the Jets have been busy. They're knocking on doors, kicking tires. Those insiders have the specifics of it, and I saw both of them over the past week say 
Um, they're looking to augment, like defensemen, mm-hmm. uh, fourth, fifth, sixth defensemen, and bottom bottom six forwards. Yeah. And so that got me thinking, like, when we talk Patrick Kane or we talk about the reason the insiders, I believe, think that it's going to be tinkering but will be active is because, and here's your comes into your contention question, is they don't need anything yeah. in the top six. Yeah. What are you going to go out and get then put in the, even if you could get it, and so that, that got me along the line. So where's this one-two punch down the middle of the centers? Because Craig Button's huge on that. Like, if you don't have a two dynamic centers, you're not going anywhere. They have that now with Shifley and Dubois. Two-two-three-one. Two centermen, two wingers, three defensemen, one goaltender. That's his That's his thing, Craig And Button. so that's why the insiders are going, Chevy's probably going to be active, but it's going to be active on the depth part. It's going to be, can, can we improve... Um, like you're not going to get a number one D guy. That's just not going to no, happen no, no, at the no, deadline. No. So can you improve on on your top three D men? Probably you not. Get, you're not going to go get a Brendan Dillon at the if deadline. If you can get a guy, a second pairing defenseman that can be in the second pairing at, at maybe in the fourth spot or the fifth a spot. A chick- if you could bring in a Chikrin, he would be in the top four for sure. Yeah, we've got to wait. Two. We've got to wait for Arizona to stop this two first round. But those are the guys that are available, right? Yeah, yeah. But yeah. the idea that in the top six that you're going to go get a Patrick Kane, I mean, you could, but the price of that is going to be. So that's why I think they're what we're hearing from the insiders is is there tinkering. danger of doing too much about upsetting sure uh, up, up, upsetting what has been proven to be a success? For sure, there is. But to me, like if you're going to have to bump Blake Wheeler down to third line. I think you have a conversation and that works. I don't think we But you're not going to bump him down to third line unless it's Patrick Kane. Patrick Kane's name would get Blake Wheeler to go, I'll go to fourth line if you want me to. <laughs> I'll play six if you minutes bring a him game. In. Yeah. But if you tinker where it's another second line guy, you know, that's going to disrupt that's some things. Because guys, Wheeler being the team guy he is, obviously this year more so than ever, will go, I'll do it. But the guys in the room will go, wait a minute here. You're bringing in a guy that, I don't think is as good as my guy or this, but if you brought in a cane, you would. But that's why I think the insiders are saying they're going to tinker with the bottom six and that because it's really hard to improve on this top six. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They got the horses. They got the horses. Uh, we'll take a break. Two zero four seven eight zero sixty eight sixty eight. Take more of your guys' text messages. This from Terry. Hi Cam. I wrote on Friday. The last three Jets games are a different team. The team that played against Detroit was last year's team. This shows they can be Stanley Cup contenders. The Pittsburgh game showed the talent the Jets have. The team you can learn to love. This one from Scott. Forget the word elite. If the Jets can beat Washington, Vegas, and Minnesota, they can compete. Right now, one game at a time approach is the real way to go uh, this run from Danny this system that bonus has introduced might be the deciding factor to convince Dubois Shifley and Hellebuck to sign long term that's a very good point Danny and that might have a big factor and finally we'll get to more of your text messages on the other side Jets have been nuts and bolts uh, and have been screwed on a few calls this season already. Uh, thanks. I always thought uh, most wins was the first. Uh, well, that was just a response. I shouldn't have put that one in there. Anyways, <laughs> here's the one I like. You know, you have a good team when you play poorly and win. Yep. Arizona. And then you look at that Buffalo game. Buffalo is no joke. And you didn't play well. And you still got to win. We'll be right back. Jets at noon on 680 CJOB. This texter says, 204-780-6868, asking, are the Jets a contender? He says, hi, he or she, there's no name here, so I'm not going to make any assumptions, but hi, the Jets are a good team with two dynamic lines. True contenders have three dynamic lines to go far in the playoffs. They need to add in the top nine forward group and one depth defenseman. Now, 
I, I, I would agree. You do need three dynamic lines, Jim, but don't in, in, but define the word dynamic. Because if you have Morgan Barron, Adam Lowry, and Mason Appleton, and they're dynamic in the role that they need to be for that team, wouldn't you consider them also a dynamic line? If they go out there and they shut down the other team's best, that's pretty dynamic in, in my estimations. Yeah, and I think there's some more offense to come from Barron. And, and we have to keep in mind with this third line, Mason Appleton is going to come back to it. And yeah. and I'm not saying that Appleton, Lowry, or Barron are, are you know 65-point guys or 60-point guys or 25-goal guys. But if you can get 30 to 40 points out of your third line, I think that's, mm-hmm. you know, and I think Barron being back will really help that third line. Now, as we were talking in the break, if you get a Bull Horvat to come in and play on a third line with Lowry and Barron, of course, that, to the texter's point, makes yeah. it offensively dynamic. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, the cost to get Bo Horvat is... He's a top six player, and you're going to have to pay for that. And why pay top six prices when you don't need somebody in your top six? I, I think when we talk about this, and, and you're right, because if Tampa Bay had so much success with the greatest third line in the history of the league, um, and I think that people think that, like, oh, to be a true contender, you need to have something like that. But that was, like, an anomaly. That was, like, that just that just worked out you, perfectly. You need a third line that's going to win you a game in a series. You don't need a third line that's going I don't get me wrong you need a really good strong checking third line that doesn't give anything up. But what you, you, the idea that you need your third line to score a point every second game is is it, like look at Colorado last year. That third line won them a game every series. They they were the ones who handled the scoring. Um but you know predominantly it was your top 6. So in a 7 game series if you win 4 games to 2, you need a third line to contribute in one of those four wins that gets you you know, a win. And I think that if you can add an Appleton to this, look, I'm not going to sit here and go even with Appleton back and Logan Stanley and stuff that this team can't get better. They can. I think that's what Kevin Sheveldayoff is doing. He's going to, he's including Appleton in this and going, could I bring in somebody on this third line, move Appleton down or move Barron down and make this third line better? That's, I think the kind of deal you're going to see. And he'll do that, I believe. And the same with the bottom, the, you know, the four, five, six guys on the D if I can bring somebody in that can play four and move my four guy down to five or six and be better that way, that's what they're going to do. But the overall question of how you started the show, they're clearly a contender this year. Mm-hmm. And when you're talking contender of the 16 teams that make it, I think if you're in the top 10 to 12, you do whatever you can to make yourself into the top five. Right now they're in the top five. Yeah, yeah. This is a lot more fun to talk about than what the Winnipeg Jets can get for Andrew What were we doing Andrew last year this time? We're talking about what are they going to get for Andrew Are they going to trade Andrew Devastating. Why wouldn't they? It's nice to be talking hey, about Hey, I this. tell you what, Andrew Kopp would be good on that third line right now. Hell but yeah, not, at, not at under $6 million. Jim Toth to take you all the way until 3 o'clock. Thank you very much to Tyson Rewicki for producing the show. Great job today. His best producing performance yet. Yeah, he did okay. Absolutely solid. This um, Tomorrow right. he's just going to totally sue. He's going to sewer this entire No, he was broadcast. fine today. You listening to me, Tyson? You especially, better do. So bring this tomorrow after those too. cheap beer prices. Or I'm going to come after right. you. Jim's just salty. I'm not on his show today. Yeah, I was what sending him heck? emails and stuff. Like, how? why are you answering me? Great job today, Tyson. It's like, I'm working. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> thank thank you, you very much. Sorry. All right, that's it for me. I'll be back same time tomorrow. See ya. Chats at noon on 680 CJOB.